What's up, good people? This is Andrew and Janelle here. Thanks for joining our podcast today. This is His and Her Perspective because we are better together. Yeah, good people. So listen, today we have a special guest, um, Prophet Ugo, um, amazing man of God. Um, he's, you know, a we call him the Black Derek Prince in deliverance. Um, you know, he, you know, a powerful preacher of the gospel, um, powerful in deliverance. Um, you know, he has uh, his ministry has set a lot of people free. God has used him to um, um, not just in the United States, but in the nation. So, you know, he's really uh, has depth into understanding demons and demonology and really um, breaking, break, seeing people have personal breakthrough um, in their lives. So we're excited to bring this conversation to you. Um, you know, even concerning marriage and relationships. So listen, uh, I, want, I want to encourage you to get your notebook out, you know, open your heart, you know, stop what you're doing just for a little bit because um, we're going to go somewhere today. Yes. So how are you doing today, Prophet Ugo? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. Good. So yes, today, um, like we said, we invited him on. Um, we have had the privilege of knowing him for the past like maybe year year and a half um have been a chance to be uh, with him when he's ministered and um we just know probably Hugo just has a an understanding on deliverance and we wanted to bring this topic up um you know just a lot of our podcast topics come from conversations Andrew and I have and for me I just want to share a little bit of my story before we get into it um I have gone most of my Christian life not being around deliverance. And so as I've been introduced to it, I've just looked at life a whole new way. And it's really had me begin to think, you know, how many times are we experiencing conflict in a marriage or other relationships? And it really be demonic interference. And so um, we definitely wanted to start today. And maybe if you could just um, share, explain, teach, whatever, um, you know, people who may be like me, who've never even really been introduced to deliverance. You know, you read the Gospels and Jesus is always casting out demons. But in our you know Christian walk today, like we don't see that. And so like, you know, what would be like an introduction about the topic of deliverance for people who maybe have never heard about it or been around it? Um, what would you say? Yeah, so I would definitely say that Deliverance is the process of, of casting out devils, of expelling demons. Demons are what we call disembodied spirits. And um, the text has gotten from Genesis 6, where the Bible says that the sons of God, that word sons is benign Elohim, referring to angelic beings or, or magistries. They came and they saw that the daughters of men were fair and took of them wives. And so we see that the culmination um, or the union, the offspring of this union were creatures that are known as Nephilim. They were half angel, half human hybrids. And so upon the flood, um, their spirits became what we know today as demons or evil spirits. And so they desire to dwell inside human bodies. One of the most common questions is, can a Christian be possessed? Um, a Christian cannot be possessed but they can be demonized, afflicted, tormented, and, 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 and go through all type of things in life because of a demon. Um, to me, to be possessed would mean that it, it has complete ownership over you. 
And that is not the case because as a believer, your spirit is owned by God. But even though your spirit is owned by God, it can still be affected. You as an individual can still be affected. Um, I love to say that one of the reasons we don't see a lot of Christians going through deliverance in the Bible, in the New Testament per se, is because there would be deliverance taking place at the preaching of the gospel. A good example is the Bible says that Philip, as he preached in Samaria, demons cried out and the sick were healed. And so a lot of people received deliverance. Those that needed received through those that needed deliverance, they received deliverance during that encounter with the gospel. But these days we don't really see, you know, I would like to I, I always ask people, when was the last time you went to a, a crusade and you and you heard demons crying out? When was the last time you went to a service and they did a, an, and they did an altar call, and at the altar call they were casting out demons? You don't really see that. So a lot of times, even after salvation, people carry these things inside of them, and it affects their entire life in general. You know, it affects every facet or different facets, should I say, and different areas of their life. So for for deliverance for the person who doesn't know it or who hasn't been introduced to it. It's something that um is very essential. Not it doesn't stop it doesn't stop you. It's not I would I would say this. It's not necessary to go to heaven, you know. But at the same time, it's necessary. The ministry of deliverance is necessary to live a fulfilling life on earth and to yeah. live long. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, you know, I was actually been reading in um Derek Prince book. You know, they shall expel demons, mm -hmm. and you know. Uh, one of the chapters he's in there, he talks about, um, you know, about Christians and, you know, the big, a lot of the arguments of things of, you know, can a Christian have a demon? You know, and he began to talk about the, um, you know, just the many different ways, you know, first of all, the scriptures are talking to believers and, you know, and then, um, but just how um, one part he, he talked about a lot, but the one part that really stuck out to me was talking about, preaching a false gospel and mm -hmm. how many times, you know, uh, you know, Paul even talked about it, you know, if somebody's preaching a false gospel um, in Galatians, you know, pretty much, you, you know, you're, you're just in error. But but he just talked about how getting the wrong gospel, the wrong perspective of Jesus can even cause demons to enter your life. And I feel like one of the reasons why um, as Christians, you know, may, maybe many of us who you know, our, our confessed Christians, you know, are we truly getting the true doctrine of the word of God and really what it really means to be a Christian and a believer and walking in the authority of Christ? Um, because, you know, you get a lot of teachings now. Some people don't believe in, you know, that demons can be in a Christian or they don't believe, you know, like they believe, you know, once you, you know, once you give your life to Jesus, you know, everything is yeah, all good. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you speak to um, to somebody that maybe, um you know, is, is a Christian and maybe they're questioning like, Oh, is that even possible? How, how, how would I know if, um, that I have demons even as a Christian? Yeah. Um, I, I would always like to say that the truth does not negate fact, right? We talk, we have two things. We have the, we have facts and we have the truth. Uh, um, I believe that the truth, or we know that the truth is God's perception of an individual the truth is the word. The truth are the promises that are written and revealed in scripture. The truth is revelation of Christ Jesus. That is the truth. 
but then we have facts and facts are what we go through on earth right it is the, the present situation and so what a lot of believers tend to do is that they hold the truth and they try to make it completely you know um they use that to completely ignore facts and mm. so a good example is this if if someone needs healing you know th that's a fact that they're in pain they're struggling they are going through certain things but the truth is that by his stripes they are healed mm. and so there's a provision that has been made um and so what people would do is overly i would, so I would like to say overly spiritual people they will completely ignore the fact you know if you ask them how how, how they are how they're feeling you know instead of them saying hey you know i, I feel this I, this is what i'm going through at the moment but I know God has a promise for me and a provision for me. They'll completely ignore it. So for the person who's saying, you know, is it, can it? I like to tell, I like to challenge people, look at your own life, right? Look at your life even after receiving Christ. Look at your family, the things that have happened. Um, a majority of times, the people who don't believe it or have really not gotten into it, they are the ones that struggle with the most things, mm. you know? And I would like to say, okay, if your life has been perfect, Look at the life of your other brothers and sisters in Christ who, who you know, you know, these people love God. But you look in the church, you see divorce, the divorce rates are mm -hmm. climbing in the church. You look at the church, you see the, our brothers and sisters struggling with all type of addictions. You mm -hmm. look at the church, you see all type of depression. And But people come to church and they serve God uh, and they leave, but they're depressed, they're afflicted, mm -hmm. they're tormented, they're having nightmares, they're having blockages and stagnations and delay in the area of their their their, their finances happen they can't a lot of them are, a lot of some of them are barren they can't have children a lot of women are getting married late you know a lot of mm -hmm. children are going are in, a lot of families are in, are in chaos the children are, are wayward you know these are all manifestation of demonic presences you know in the life of someone if you look at your life or look at the life of these people and you compare it with the life of their parents, you'll see the similarities. But you'll mm. think that the moment they're saved, you'll think that, you know, now they're under a better covenant. So why should they re live the same life as their family and as their parents and as their grandparents? You know, it's because they're dealing, they're, they're demonic entities there that are sent specifically to enforce and to make sure that those cycles are repeated in their life. And so, you know, practicality, reveals everything. God did not call us to be non-critical thinkers and to ignore what we see. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of people like to say, oh, you know, if it's not completely in the scripture, experience doesn't matter. Experience mm -hmm. does matter, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, experience, because Paul had an experience, right? When he was man on the road to, Dema on the road to Damascus and, right. he, and he, he changed the world <laughs> with that experience. Right, yeah. and, the, and there were many others that had experiences and encounters, and they saw things, and they, you know, and though, and the Bible is a, is 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 a, a record of experiences. That's exactly That's what it yeah. is, right? That's good. And so, a lot of times, we like to say, "Oh, it's doctrine, experience doesn't matter. What's written in the Word?" But the Bible says that even if, if you, it says that not all the books in the world could not contain everything yeah. that Jesus yeah. did, you right, know. Right, right. Right. You know, I believe it was Paul who said, um, he said, there, there are things I saw that are unlawful for me to speak. He couldn't even write or say a lot of the things that he experienced, you know. And so we have to 
to get out of the mindset that is just like, you know, every single thing is in the Bible. There are principles that apply to everything in the Bible, yeah. but verbatim and word for word, you know, we know of Angel Michael and Angel Gabriel, you know, but we know that there, there are probably billions and trillions of other angels, and I'm sure they all have names. The Bible says that, mm -hmm. that he gave names, he gave names to all the stars, you know, mm -hmm. and right. so, but all of that is not written in scripture, right? Right, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, the Bible talks about Beelzebub and the and 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 spirit of deafness and dumbness and all of that. But we know that there are billions of other demons. But all of their names are not written in Scripture, you know. And so God allows us to go through things practically, and and we find that foundation. Of course, everything we do is rooted in Scripture, um, yeah. but we want to make sure that our our truth is not, you know, kind of overshadowed or just like causing us to ignore the very practical things that we're going through in life. That's good. Yeah. So one thing, like, as you were talking, um, I, well, one, I think, you know, last year was probably one of the like, very eye opening for me because I believe I got delivered from a spirit of depression. And it was one thing where I always thought I was just going to have some type of depression lingering in my life. You know, I've had it since I, as long as I could remember and I realized towards the end of 2020, like I had not experienced depression that year at all. Even with everything that happened, we moved states with two kids, you know, the pandemic, all of that. And, um, you know, God, I, you know, I just was pondering on it and, and the Lord revealed, you know, that it was a deliverance that happened from a spirit of depression, not just, you know, the feeling of depression. Mm -hmm. um, and so what would you say are some things um, in common, like, marriage relationship issues that sometimes we just you know say it's just a um a human flaw or this or that like but what would be some actually like signs of like needing deliverance or it actually be like more demonic than it is anything else uh within relationships like um like you said barrenness sometimes is actually you know a spiritual thing um the different bondages adultery things like that so what would mm -hmm. be some like common diagnosis or um, things you've experienced even in your deliverance ministry um, that affect relationships or marriages? Yeah, um, I would say a very common one is anger, right? A lot of people, they just, because, you know, even as we talk about relationships and marriages together, it still boils down to the individual person and what they deal with. And so a lot of, a lot of times people, they take on an identity that is a product of their experiences, their traumas. And we know that experiences and traumas and pains and hurt and all of that open the door for demons. And so mm. a lot of people say, oh, I'm just an angry person. Mm. Um, I'm just a sad person. You know, I just always feel this way. But a majority of the time, if it's a constant, if, if a certain emotion, if any emotion besides joy and happiness is a constant in your life, that's an indication of a demonic presence that you need to, that that needs to be casted out. So anger, right? You know, you have some people who are always angry in their relationship, always frowning, always upset. You have some people who are always sad, always depressed, always going through something. You know, how they respond to life is always negative. They're always complainers. You know, they're always overly critical, judgmental. These are all manifestations of demonic entities that dwell inside of them as well. You know, so anything that's a complete, consistent, constant 
um, in someone's life that it seems as though it's become a part of their personality, but it's not mm. good. Mm. It's an indication that is it, that they are in need of deliverance. Sometimes you'll notice that there's this, this kind of tension and friction in a marriage or in a relationship. Um, that's the indication that there's a spirit there as well. I remember I was praying with a, a couple. They were dealing with some things and I took the husband to deliverance from, you know, sexually transmitted spirits and demons. And mm. after he got the deliverance, you can feel the love in between them, you know? Wow. And so That's if good. you're in a marriage sometimes, yeah, if you're in a marriage sometimes, and it's like, you know, this sometimes it's just like, it's just like a rift, you know, you mm -hmm. can feel the awkwardness and the tension. Yeah. It feels as though at any moment they're getting ready to snap and start like, yelling at each other you know and but that's is something there in between them that is keeping them um from really coming together in love and what happens is if there's a spirit there the husband can feel the presence of that spirit or the wife can feel the presence of that spirit and it'll feel the person the human being will feel as though like subconsciously they'll feel as though they're in competition mm. over their spouse you know and so They'll, it opens the door for frustration and their confusion, and they're just easily irritated. Everything they they their their, their spouse does, their their person yeah. in the relationship does, they just easily irritated. You know, I'm sure you've come across some families like that. It's like they're happy and good, like when they're talking to other people, but when they talk to each other, it's like all oh, hell is about to break loose. You know, mm -hmm. they're about yeah. to start fighting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's something there. You know, there's something there that is that is a veil in between them that needs to be dealt with. I pray for families and they've said sometimes that they can literally feel like someone sleeping in between them in the bed. You know, wow. it's an indication that something is there. Um, I know Janelle talked about adultery, right? Who would think that adultery is a demon? Adultery is actually a demon itself. It's a spirit that has yeah. to be casted out. So if you live in a fa if you've had a family or in your generations, Let's say your father was someone he had many women like he was an adulterer he would cheat on your on your mother or vice versa you know right 90 percent of the time if you don't if you didn't go through deliverance that stuff is in you it's in your blood right. or let's say during the time that, that you were single you helped someone to cheat on their spouse so you opened the door for adultery you know so mm. you were the side person right or, yeah you were the mistress. You've opened that door for adultery, um, wow. for that spirit of adultery. And so now when you get married, you know, only God knows what can happen. And so I've prayed for people and it's like either the husband or the wife, they, they want to stop, but they can't, you know, <laughs> you know, they can't. And I know society would tell us, oh, you just dump this person, leave them and et cetera. But right. sometimes if that person is willing to submit themselves to the ministry of deliverance and to be free, then there's hope. There's hope for that relationship. There's hope for that covenant and for that union. So adultery is a very common thing um, of, of, of um, homosexuality as well. I've prayed for people. I've prayed for, I remember I prayed for a guy before and he was dealing with homosexuality. He, mind you, he's married with children at this point, multiple and grandchildren even, oh. but he's dealing with homosexuality. And I said, okay, I'm going to work with you. And I prayed for him about, about, Three or four times in the, in the period of about four about three months and um, i counseled him in between and uh he was his marriage was literally on the brink of divorce uh i mean they were getting ready to Jesus. divorce yeah after, even after i had helped him to be free 
there was still a lot of tension in the family. And they were like getting ready. I think it was a day that they were getting ready to get divorced. And it, it gets even deeper because he had a child out of wedlock. His wife had a child out of, out of wedlock. His children had children out of wedlock as well. So you look at that. That's a cycle. Um, and then, and so they were getting ready to get divorced. And I said, okay, because his wife was giving him a hard time. But I said, hey, listen, I don't blame the lady because she was aware of everything that he was doing. So I said, she's broken. You know, you put her through a lot. But I said, just ask her if I can pray with, if I can pray for her. Because she was, you know, stubborn, rebellious, which I understand. You know, she had been through a lot. And, and, and then he said, I asked her before and she said no. And I said, just ask her one more time. And so thank God he asked her right before they're about to get a divorce. And she said yes. And she agreed. So I ended up praying with her, took her through some forgiveness. And we got out, you know, spirits of, you know, anger, frustration, hurt. Jezebelic, spirit of Jezebel and stuff like that, rebellion and wow. things of that nature. So we cast it out of her. And then he, when I got done, you know, I told her to go to your husband, you know, apologize to him. He'll apologize to you. Yeah, yeah. They did all that. He called me back and he was like, man, it's like two different women. I don't know what you did. <laughs> you know? Wow. He's wow. Like, Praise God. Yeah. He's like, it's like two different women. Like, and so a lot of times pe the way people act and they react and they respond, a lot of things that we call irreconcilable differences is is just it's not that it's <laughs> irreconcilable it's just <laughs> it's just a demon there that's making it like that right, right. there are people who have greater differences but they've been together and they do love each other you yeah. know and so i mean it's, it's, a, it's a lot you can get into as it pertains to that um sometimes as well um the spouse can just be acting a certain way like They'll be rude. They'll be disrespectful. They'll be angry, you know, um, or they won't commit to marriage as well. You know, there are a lot of women mm -hmm. that are with guys that they've been engaged yeah. or or dating for, and we see it all over all over media, right? Especially uh -huh. with celebrities, but it's not just with celebrities; it's with everybody, you know. But we see it in celebrities that they'll be engaged for 15, 20 years before they get married, and they may not even get married at all. You know, and we see that for regular people, they have children, they're, they're living together, but they won't get married. And I'm just like, you, you guys have children, you're living together, the house isn't both of your names, why don't you right. just get married, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you yeah. know, what's so hard with just going to a court and just getting that certificate? Because it's deeper than that. It's a spiritual thing that's literally stopping them from to from going to get married. I, I love to tell this, I love to tell the story of my aunt, who they were married um, traditionally. So in Nigeria, where I come from, we we usually have two marriages. We have the traditional marriage, which is like the village, which is like cultural. And then we have the white wedding, which is like the church. And so they were married traditionally, but they were not, but they, they weren't married. Um, they did not have a church wedding and they weren't married legally in America. You know, but they had children and everything. And this guy, the man would not get married to her. And I said, it's spiritual because, you know, at times he would be abusive. He would hit her and things of that nature. But, you know, mm -hmm. for, for, for Nigerians, it's like for Africans, it's like there's no such thing as divorce or breaking up. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's someone else, we would say, oh, he's abusive. You need to just go, you know, but, it, it, you know, they won't listen if you tell them that. So I said, OK, let's just pray together. You know, so I prayed with her for about a month and she had all type of dreams and encounters and they just moved to Houston last year and they got married. The children are doing well. 
And so they're, they're free, you know? Um, yeah. and, and so God is able to, God is able to, he's able to deliver. He's able to set free. Yes. Um, yes. so if there's any type of tension or struggle and, and hurt and pain, we have to make sure a lot of times in, in relationships as well, people, they view their current partner through the lens of their past experiences. Yeah. And so it makes them difficult. It makes it difficult for them to trust. You know, there's a spirit of distrust, spirit of bitterness, um, unforgiveness, deep hurt. And yes, so you yeah. can't, I believe it's T.D. Jakes who says, you can't drive a car while looking at the rear view mirror. And that's what mm -hmm. demons do. They keep you trapped in your trauma. You know, the moment you're Woo! getting ready to move ahead, <laughs> the, the moment you're getting ready to move ahead with something new in life, they'll whisper in your ear and they'll say, hey, remember last time, last time, this is what happened, this is what happened. You begin to remember, you'll begin to have flashbacks, et cetera, you know, and it's a demon that just wants to stop you from progressing and from moving forward in life, in relationship, in marriage, in covenant, in union, you know, and, yeah. then, and then you touched on... um just not being able to have children, right? That's a common one as well. A lot of a lot of marriages, a lot of women, a lot of men. I know mm -hmm. a lot of times you put it on the woman, but it's not always the woman. Sometimes it's, right. the, it's the men, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's the yeah. and sometimes it's what the men bring. Sometimes it's spiritual, as is what the men bring to the table as well. And so a lot of times you have a woman who has dreams of her having children. She'll have kids in the dream. She's breastfeeding in the dream. I mean, it could get deep. That's demonic, right? If you're if you're if you're having something in your dreams that you can't have in real life, that's an issue. So if you if you go to the dream and you and you're wealthy, you're rich, you have all these things, but you wake up and you're in poverty, that's an indication mm -hmm. that you know something is going on there, and it's not. If, I mean, and, and I mean, especially if that's a constant thing. Of course, God can He can give you a dream to show you where you're gonna be, but if you've been having dreams that you're rich for the past two, three, four years, and you're get broke you may need some deliverance same thing with having children as well you know if you're having children in your dream i like to call them demonic babies because you can actually become a spiritual parent in the dream mm. right jesus yeah you can become a wow. spiritual parent in the dream and because now you have children's in the spirit realm um they block your physical children i mean i've prayed for many wow. women and they've, wow. they, a lot of them have, if they're barren, they've, they've had dreams where they haven't children. Same wow. thing with the women who, who they can't get married. A lot of beautiful sisters in the church through delayed, they're 35, wow. 40 years old. And you're like, you know, what's going on? These women are intelligent. Yeah. These women are beautiful. You know, they have their life together. And you're wondering what is the issue? It's, it's not just because it's more men, it's more women in the church, but it's a spiritual thing as well, you know, because they'll, a lot of times they'll see themselves in the dream, getting married, and the devil is so deceptive because he'll make you feel as though, he'll make you feel as though because you're having those dreams of you getting married that um, it's prophetic, <laughs> but it's not a prophetic dream. Right. <laughs> you know, you need deliverance. Right. It's not a prophetic dream. And so you'll see those type of things, you know, a delay in getting married, a, you know, when they get married, they can't have kids. Also, I've had people that were wealthy individually, but the mm -hmm. moment they got married together, they began to struggle. I had a couple, wow. both of them were doctors and they, they had, they were well, very well off by themselves and they were married, but they were living in separate places, I guess, for work. 
But the moment they came together on the one house, they both lost everything. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a spiritual thing because those, those spirits, they hate covenant. Mm. They hate covenant and they're very mm. jealous entities and beings. You know, they're very jealous. So if they, if they see that you're, that you're getting ready to be with someone or give them attention or love them, they'll do everything they can in order to drive that person away. And there are some people that, you know, they try to get in relationships, but it starts off well, then the, 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 the guy ends up running or the girl ends up running for, for no reason. Because sometimes mm -hmm. it's a spirit, you know, that's chasing them away. And that person won't even know that it's a demon that they're running from. But they'll just feel as though either they're not loved or they'll feel as though they're in competition or they'll feel as though things are weird wow. and there's a rift and they'll just end up leaving. You know, I'm, 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 there are many people who they got to the point of engagement. You know, and every time they get engaged, it gets broken off. Mm. You understand? So it's like, see, so they're, they're, I mean, they're there. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a deep rabbit hole to go down. But there are a lot of people who deal with and struggle with a lot of these things in marriage, in relationship, and family as well. You know, you look at families, you look at homes. A lot of children are going through a lot of things. A lot of Christian parents have children, and it and their kids are crazy. Yeah. Why? You know, I like to say that, that the demons that you suppress manifest in your kids, because a lot of times people get saved, but they don't get deliverance. Mm. And so that the problem with that is that you learn discipline, mm. you suppress something. My God. <laughs> yeah. Just because you're disciplined and you don't do something doesn't mean that the, that, that demon is not there in your life. Yeah. And so now when you have children and it's passed on to them, they they're not disciplined like you, right? They, they don't come out the womb disciplined and and rigid and structured. And and so you'll begin to see those the tendencies of your old life in your children, you know? And the parents get upset. They yell at the kids, but they don't know, you know? Yeah. A lot of the things that they're dealing with, the kids are going through, you went through them as well. Mm. And because you didn't get those things casted out of you, um, they, they manifested in your kids. And, I, and that's why I like to tell people that, Everyone needs deliverance. Yeah, you know, yeah. just because you totally don't see agree. it, it's not. Especially if you're, if you're a, a very, if you're a mature Christian, you need it the most. Why? Man. Because they know that if you, if if they manifest through you, if those spirits manifest through you, mm. they know that you'll most likely go on a journey to get it out of you. Wow. And so they love to lay dormant. Wow. They love to hide. They would rather be in you and not do anything than to be out of you. Wow. Mm. Their, their number one priority is to be in a physical body. And so if they, they know you love God and you're just chilling there and, 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 you're, and you're there, you're on fire for God, but you haven't gone through the ministry or, be, or come in contact with the ministry of deliverance, then they're just going to be there relaxing, lackadaisical. You won't see them in your dreams. You may not even see them in your life. I remember one time a lady emailed me after the deliverance session. She said, Prophet, I did not know I had this, the, the spirit of Jezebel in me because... She said, I've been serving God for like 20 years. I love the Lord. I'm going to pray a team. I do this. I do this. I do this. And there's no signs of it. I'm not manipulative. I'm not, you know, you know, she, she, she doesn't or she didn't have the traits of what we would consider a Jezebelic person. Mm. But she said the moment I call out that spirit and she was in her garage, she let out a, a, a loud scream and she fell to the ground. She said she would have never guessed that something like that is inside of her. So sometimes you just don't know what's there. 
You just don't, and you need to mm. come in contact with a, an anointing that can drive that thing out and can cast it out. So if it's not dealt with in your life and you just like suppress it or you discipline your way through it, then you're going to find yourself um, yelling at your children. Yeah. Man. Eventually. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> you know, it. No, that's, that's good. You know, as you're talking, I was sitting here thinking about, um, talking about pretty much cycles and generational things that land in one generation and it turns to something else in the next generation. I was thinking about David and Bathsheba, you know, when, you know, he know he fell, you know, he, um, you know, it was another man, Uriah, one of his servants' wives and Uriah was off the war, but yet David was in the house and, you know, he ended up sleeping with Bathsheba, which was, you know, not his, his wife or whatever. But, you know, he committed adultery. The, you know, they had a baby. He ended up killing the guy. He ended up killing the, the Bathsheba's husband because they had a child. And so now they, and then they, then she has a child and they have a child, but then the prophet Nathan comes and pretty much, you know, the, the, the baby had a, the baby, you know, had to die or whatever, or, mm, you know, yeah. but, which, um, but then I look in generations um, on with David, even his son at some point began to rape his own sister. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I forgot her name, but I, I don't know. It's just interesting, like how, you know, at one point it seems like it was maybe idolatry. Um, not idolatry, I'm sorry, adultery. Um, mm -hmm. Then turns into rape or incest with yes. sons, you know, and, and, um, so, yeah, and, you know, it makes me think about this because we um, now we deal with a lot of um, people that are looking to get married, pre-marriage stuff. You know, they like, oh, you know, want to get married. And I think when you begin to talk about some of these things about um, helping people really like you need to like look into your family history. Like, you know, don't ignore mm -hmm. those things. Um, and not only that, or what to even get to know your, I guess, future spouse or whatever. Uh, family also you know to know okay yes. what is there who are um because i remember in bible college there was some people that would say yeah you know when you get married it's just you and your spouse you don't have to mm. worry about nobody else <laughs> you know like it was just like oh it's just you you know it's just y'all can just do you know and that's so a lot you know because you know just because you marry to somebody you know y'all still have lives you still have mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and yeah. cousins and you know, now priorities change, you know, and your value systems change. But yet, not only that, you, you know, the, 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 the experiences you had, the things you've grown up in are still with you. Like, you know, just so you get married, some people think just because they get married, all their trouble is gone. Like, oh, yeah, I, 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 got, I finally got married. You know, all my troubles <laughs> is over now. You know, it's like, yeah. but really marriage manifests all that stuff. It's all that yes. stuff in you going to come out, you know. And, um, you know, I just think it's interesting, you know, talking to, like I said, people that are looking to get married and we want to encourage people, you know, to really mm. um, just acknowledge these things before they go into get married, go into, you know, you know, committing to, you know, a lifelong relationship with somebody. So what would you say to people that are they're looking to get married? They say, oh, man, I, love, I feel like this person is. For me, you know, we connect, we, you know, we just, 
you know, we've been together for a while. We we plan on getting married. What would you say to somebody concerning now telling deliverance, some things that they would need to put in place? Yeah, so even even in, in, in the part of just like pursuing someone as an individual, you brought up a good point because a lot of times, especially in the Western world, people don't do his do like a background check mm. as it pertains to who they're getting married to or who they want to pursue because they feel as though it's irrelevant mm. you know and that couldn't be as you said further from the truth it's a lie it's actually a lie from the enemy because when you marry someone you're not just marrying them as andrew said you're marrying their family as well but also deeper than that you're marrying everything that's in their blood in their mm. bloodline you're covenanting yourself with every spirit every deity every demon that they have and that has been established in their household as well i mean we can get into it in a very deep way there are some families there are some people you can get married to and if you're not if you're not a spiritual person because of what is inside of them it can cause a shipwreck in your life you know wow. i've seen people have to get deliverance um because of what was in their spouse it was affecting their finances. It was affecting their ma- it was affecting their relationships. It caused them to, to enter the life of poverty because of what was in them as well. And so, if you're coming from a household yourself, and you know your household is a broken home, you don't want to find someone else who has a broken home. Mm-hmm. You know, right? You want to find, uh, and if you do, you got to make sure these. See, the issue is not even. I want to say this because uh, I don't want people to be afraid. The issue is not even the background. The issue is what you're willing to do. You know, are you re- are you willing to put in that effort and that spiritual work to break those things? Right. 90%, 95, 98% of Christians are not because a lot of them don't even know what to do. Mm. So if you're coming from a broken household, first of all, you need to deal with the, the, the generational curses and cycles in your life. And if, and then if you if you if you if you're if you want to be with someone else and they're coming from a, bro- a broken home you're coming from a broken home it's like it's like an uh, it's like a what's the word you know a multiplication of these things mm-hmm. and so it's so you guys are getting attacked from both directions now right and the, and the spiritual battles and and against your marriage against your family against your home are going to be very difficult very difficult. You know, so it's necessary, very necessary for, for you as an individual to who who is who's this person? What is the foundation like? So a good example, like for me as a young man who's eventually getting ready to get married, for someone who's called into where I'm called, into ministry, mm-hmm. I can't necessarily, you know, I don't want to spend time having to break years and years and years of generational curses. So I have to find someone who's spiritual. Yeah. Right. Not just save, right? Who yeah. has a good foundation. Even if they had a, a good praying mother, a good praying, you know, someone there that laid the foundation for them in their youth as it pertains to spirituality and Christianity. You know, so if anything does arise, I know that I won't be dealing with it on my own. Yeah. You know, so these are things that you that we have to look into. You have to look into who is this person? What is this spiritual history? And you brought up David because he's really the perfect example as it, pertain, as it pertains to this. Because remember, you know, it was always God's plan for the for the tribe of Judah to be kings, mm. right? Mm. Um, yeah. But the tribe of Judah was compromised 
because the Bible talks about uh, the Ammonites and the Moabites, and it says, a bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, and it also says, neither shall an Ammonite or a Moabite, and these are the children of Lot's daughters. They were born of incest. Right. So that's what we call them, right? right? Um, but the Bible says in Genesis 49.10, it says the scepter shall not depart from Judah. So it was God's intention that that scepter, that Judah was always going to, re to reign. But then if you if you look at Genesis 38, we look at where Tamar, she tricks Judah into sleeping with him, uh -huh. into sleeping with her. Tamar was Judah's daughter-in-law. Because remember, every every time Judah gave her one of his sons, his son would die. And yeah, that in yeah. itself is a wow. spiritual thing as well. Yeah. I, pray, I know people that they get, I know professional widowers. That's what I call them. You wow. know, they get married to someone, the person dies. They get married to someone, the person dies. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. And they need deliverance. But tomorrow, so Judah said, I'm not going to give you my son because <laughs> you're going to kill him too. You kill the other two, you know, and she got upset. And so she tricks him into eventually because he thought she was a prostitute and but she, he didn't know that that was his his daughter-in-law you know and they eventually right. you know had intercourse and and so because of that there was incest and so the bible says for 10 generations uh, a moabite or ammonite cannot enter into the congregation of the lord and so david was that 10th generation and that's why he said i was glad when they said come in i can come into the house of the lord because they mm. said you are the tenth generation now you can enter into the into the house of the lord wow. and so he was the so it was never god's intention for saul to reign david was always going to be the first person to reign you know the people chose saul they wanted a king but it was god's intention that that david would reign and so he was the tenth generation so he was the curse breaker so he broke that generational curse right but then he reinstated it <laughs> because mm. of his fall with Bathsheba. Mm. And when he did this, immediately after, as as <laughs> Pastor Andrew said, immediately after, it opened a whole mess in his family. You yeah. know, his his son goes and rapes his daughter. Um, um, David sins with Bathsheba, and and literally, like, if you read it, it's two verses later because he sins with Bathsheba in in Second Samuel two eleven, and then. Second Samuel 2.13, it says Amnon rapes Tamar, you know? And because of that, it just opened a whole, a huge, what like to call a can of worms. And so we see that curse being reinstated. And so you have to, you have to, if someone's getting ready to get married, you you want to look back in the in whoever you're getting married to, the dead generations. And if you are already mm -hmm. invested in this person, you truly do love them. I'm not going to say just leave them, but I would say, you know, you have to have an honest conversation with them and say, hey, listen, we need deliverance. Yeah. You know, you, you got some things in your family, broken home, divorce, addiction, you know, yeah. adultery, fornication. There's children outside of wedlock. There's anger. I got some things in my house as well, you know, and I need, we have to submit ourselves to that process of deliverance. I always advise people before marriage, there yeah. needs to be deliverance, you know. I I told Andrew that the other day. I said, if we if we do any premarital counseling, I'm like, deliverance is on the menu for that because yes. I'm just like, it's it's so necessary. And I think, you know, Western culture, you know, coming from what I know, people probably listen to this and be like, wow, that just seems so extra. 
but you know the effects of it are everywhere you know and that's that's one thing you know as we're talking like one you you know you can just tell like the enemy strategy of ignorance you know to keep people ignorant of of this need and like i mean the whole point of how they lay dormant in mature christians because you know they know if a mature christian starts seeing this they're going to seek it to be driven out yes. and it's just so like that's why for me i was like andrew we got to talk about this like as i've learned about it i am like i said my whole life has changed the way i see everything has like so shifted and you know the the overwhelming theme of hope because they can be expelled you know, yes. because they can be driven out and, you know, instead of it lingering and you dealing with it and, you know, like we have all these like Tyler Perry scenario lives, you know, because mm-hmm. he's always like goes there in his movies, you know, like there can actually be healing and hope. And like you said, covenant and relationship and, you know, the fruit of the spirit dwelling. And so like, it's just so, I don't know. I'm just like, it's, it's so necessary. And I'm so, I'm so glad we're able to talk you know, with you today about it. And, you know, I really pray that people's eyes are open to this um, as they listen today, because like I said, you know, when things are ignorance, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to mess with it because we don't even know about it. So mm-hmm. the fact that it's being introduced even to people today, I think is going to be very powerful. So what would you say? I know it's kind of like a little shift and you know, if you want to come for a part two, we'll definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so if people are listening today and they're like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm dealing with this. You know, what what can they do themselves or do they need to go to somebody like what? How do they pursue deliverance? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I would definitely advise to begin to learn. Right. Um, it, because it really depends on the depth of the issue. And so if they begin to learn, get some books on deliverance, begin to become knowledgeable, you know, in the ministry of deliverance, one of the things that has surprised me the most is how many people struggle with demons, but don't know anything about them. So they're mm. being, they're being tormented, being thrown up against the wall and stuff like that. But, you know, they can't read a book. <laughs> they can't get a book. And, just, right. and it, it, it always baffles me because you think if someone is struggling to this degree, they would at least attempt to gain some knowledge on it. So I would say gain knowledge on it, do some research, do some study, become familiar and know exactly what you're dealing with right Mm -hmm. if it's something that is deeper and you've prayed and fasted and you 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 know either you haven't gotten a confirmation that is broken or you're still seeing its effects in your life then you can definitely seek out a minister of deliverance we thank god for social media these days you know there are a lot of great deliverance ministers so the world is is connected and interconnected so you can find some i have a lot of videos on youtube you know there are a lot of ministers who do online things of that nature so you can find some deliverance ministries and ministers um um, in your region or online that you can submit to your to the ministry and go through that process of purging, cleansing, and purification. Uh, so it's very necessary to gain the knowledge, to gain the information. You know, it's necessary to, to as you gain the knowledge and, 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 and revelation, you begin to receive solutions as to how to go about it. If you got to pray, if you got to go on a series of fasting, Gotta, if you got to begin to pray intensely to begin to break it, if you got to begin to, you know, renounce certain things, come out of agreement and covenant with certain things, etc. You begin to do these things. And as you do it, um, you'll begin to break the hold of the enemy systematically and gradually. I always like to tell people, give yourself a set time, you know, don't 
be like, okay, I'm going to deal with it this week. And then you deal with it this week. And then, you know, you ignore it for the rest of the month. Then two months later, you wake up and you say, oh, I, I'm still dealing with it. I always mm-hmm. advise people, give yourself a set time. Take two months, six months. You know, all you really need is like, if you can take about three months and really focus on certain a, a certain thing and hammer it, it'll break. You know, but if you're kind of like lackadaisical and lazy, one day you're here, the other day you're there, then you may find yourself in a place where you're prolonging the situation instead of receiving deliverance and going through the process. So, but for the deeper cases, it is necessary to have someone there, you know, but if you literally cannot find anyone, then you can gain the knowledge and the revelation um, so that you can begin to pray and fast and deal with those things as well. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, just for all the followers out there, I, I want to just shout, um, you go out, uh, Ugo out. He, like he said, um, we can, you can share that in, in a minute, but on, on YouTube, you know, he definitely has a, um, a multitude of videos of, of just walking through deliverance and, um, teachings on, on it. So I would advise anybody listening, you know, to check out his stuff because, like I said, it's 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 there. You can just push play, and you're living where you are, and you will receive um, a lot of insight. Um, so just uh, I guess we'll get ready to close up here. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, just just to encourage the follower um, listeners, you know, concerning deliverance. I know for some people this may be, you know, an extreme topic, but I think you know it's very important that we talk about deliverance. We talk about understanding. Um, you know, um, you know, in our marriages that, um, as husbands and husbands and wives that we really pursue deliverance, you know, because it, like you said, it goes into our children, it goes to generations. And so, uh, what, in, in what may start in one generation may be, uh, you know, just a simple lust issue. And then next thing you know, yeah. the next generation could be homosexuality. It could be, um, porn addictions or it could be molestations and all this yes. stuff. So, you know, the Bible said that Jesus, you know, came to destroy the works of the devil. And, you know, I think about that, you know, because we know that Satan's defeated in, in Christ. But I think it's interesting how he said he come to destroy the works of the devil. And and so obviously sometimes we may think we I'm not dealing with this, that and the third. But I think what we have to destroy a lot of times is the works that sometimes we overlook. You know, we're like, oh, yeah, I have victory in Christ, but we never dealt with the work that was was festering for all this time you know and um so there was a totally excited yeah that you sent that i did want to i did want to um to touch on it was how does someone deal with if they know they need deliverance but their spouse doesn't want to go through the process yes yeah so if you're in a marriage per se and you know your spouse is, is dealing with some stuff. You guys are dealing with some stuff, but they don't want to hear about it. I like to, I want to encourage those group of people because I know that's a majority of those that are married, mm-hmm. um, that just through your prayers, right? Spend time, spend adequate time in prayer and fasting. Um, make a list of what specifically you're dealing with and you can actually cast those things out of your home. You can begin to pray over. I like to people, you know, if your spouse is praying, just if, if your spouse is sleeping, just pray over them, right? You don't got to, you know, yell or shout. It's, it doesn't got to be loud. It can be under your voice. 
as you're as they're on the bed, you're just laying your hand on them. They commanded those spirits to leave them. It reminds me of a, a, a testimony by I believe it was R. W. Schombach, who said that um, a lady came to him, and her husband was a an, a drunk, a drunkard, and an abuser, and so he began to pray with her, and she got filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and she got home that day and she put on her tennis shoes, her running shoes. And so her husband, like usual, came home drunk, came home drunk. He was ready to beat on her. So she, she began to run around the house. He's chasing after her. He couldn't catch her. He eventually falls asleep on the couch. And she just sits on the couch next to him and she begins to pray in tongues. And he wakes up in a few hours and he's like, woman, what have you done to me? Because now he's speaking in tongues. And <laughs> and so like he gets he gets delivered, he gets Jesus. freed, and they Amazing. both go to the conference the next day. <laughs> you know? Wow. And yeah. And so because of the covenant and and the connection that yeah. you have with your spouse, you can, you know, doing deliverance on, on yourself is like doing deliverance on them if that makes sense. So so you now have the right to deal with that thing in your family and in your home. And you can cast it out of your home. You can cast it out of your family. You can cast it out of your children. You can cast it out of your spouse. Um, and, and they won't even know why they're changing, you know, but they'll just yeah. begin to say, you'll just begin to see those changes in their life. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That reminds me of, um, I know we're, we're finishing up, but when I was a teenager, my mom had just began going to a church and she was filled with the Holy Spirit and would speak in tongues. And there was one day I was just being a terrible rebellious teenager mm -hmm. and i remember she went off i was standing upstairs watching her downstairs like going off praying in tongues all throughout the house and i you know like i didn't even understand tongues at the time but they didn't ever throw me off i was just kind of like well that's weird mm -hmm. she's that's interesting but you know i i remember you know i wasn't in the church at that time but it probably wasn't a year later and i was sure enough in the church serving yep. god so, um so it just that reminds me like she just she said i am not taking this and just went off in tongues in the house and wow. so, you know, that, just, that that story reminded me of that moment mm. even with my mom so definitely i think that's such again just going back to the hope of a family dynamic changing, yes. you know, like that, your prayer, like the prayers of a righteous, you know, like the effectual fervent prayers, they yes. avail much. Oh, yeah. And so um, to encourage people to pray for, you know, the homes and the family and all of that, like, it's so good. Hmm. It's powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Man. Um, wow. This has been good. <laughs> this has been good. Um, so yeah, like Danelle said, maybe we can do a part two or something sometime because uh, obviously this is something we can just dive in and mm -hmm. uh and, and just and just stay in there for hours and hours um but um before we jump off though uh, uh ugo would you have any um final remarks for anybody that would be listening yeah definitely the conversation just as um pastor janelle said there's hope you know don't feel as though you're too far gone you're you're, you're Spouse is too far gone. Your marriage is too far gone. Your your children are too far gone. There's hope in Christ, and so if you get the adequate knowledge, information, revelation, and submit yourself to the process of prayer, um, you'll be surprised what God can do and how He can turn things around. So, I always love to encourage people because, as as you said, Andrew, it's a very deep topic. We can get into it, and and sometimes people can just begin to feel like, oh my God, you know. How am I going to get out of this? But there's hope. 
You know, it's not just demonology, yeah. it's deliverance, right? We don't just want to know about yeah. the demons, but we want to understand that we are properly positioned and empowered yeah. to deal with these things. We have authority in Christ to cast these things out. He says, behold, I give you power to trample upon scorpions and serpents and over every power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so you have that power, yes. that authority. So if you understand that and you walk in that, you can be a priest to your home and create change and transformation to those that are around you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Like the Bible says, you know, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Yes. And so, um, you, uh, Ugo, uh, tell the people where they can follow you, um, where they can, um, you know, keep up, keep up to date with you, whether resources or anything that you have. Yeah, definitely. So, you can follow me on, I'm on Instagram, Ugo Vizegi. I'm on Facebook, Ugo Vizegi. I'm also on YouTube. We have a plethora of YouTube videos. I'm sure now I have a couple, I don't want to say a couple thousand YouTube videos, but a couple hundred at least. Um, deliverance videos, you can go through them. I have, I have hundreds and thousands of people that watch the videos and they get delivered, they get set free. Um, so if you believe in God to be free from anything, if even if you need healing as well, we have thousands of people who watch and they get healed. If you want to increase your prayer life, you know, have multiple prayer sessions, extended and long prayer sessions that you can join um, to just ignite my purpose and my desire is to just set people on fire for God and have them be delivered. And of course, now with the at, with the advent of Clubhouse, you can follow me at Clubhouse, Ugo Ezeji. I'm based in New Jersey, but the, the ministry is in Bronx, in the Bronx, New York, New Covenant Christian Ministries. We try to have a re revival at least once a month there, a prayer, a meeting. We come together, we preach, we pray, we worship at least once a month. So if you follow me online, you can get the, the details. And I do a lot, I do a, a lot of, a bit of traveling as well. So I'm going to be pretty mobile this year as well. So if you stay connected, um, maybe able to come to your city, you can come in and be blessed. Amen. Awesome. awesome. Well, it's been a blast, a pleasure. Um, and I'm excited for I'm excited for the followers to listen in. And honestly, I'm gonna go back and listen myself. Mm. Um, but uh, thank you all for jumping on and tuning on. Um, like I said, go and follow uh, Prophet Ugo. You will be blessed. Um, we've had an opportunity even at our church in Manassas at Nova Hub. Uh, he's he's been um, with us several times, and it's it's always crazy breakthrough deliverance. Um, and so we love him. And so. Thanks again, Prophet Ugo, and until next time, God bless everyone. It's my pleasure. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. God bless.